Praise God. How are we doing? Okay. With all the chaos in the world and all the uncertainty. And we need, we need God to speak to a word in that, don't we? How do we get through? It's okay, you know, listening to the, to what the TV says. And we're all asking each other. And why everybody buys lots of toilet rolls, I have no idea. Anybody any ideas? Anybody got that one? No. <laughs> Good for toilet roll manufacturers. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, I'm going to read a, a scripture to you. But before I do this, if somebody was going to give you some advice, if someone was going to give you some advice of something in life, I don't know if you had a problem in life, you'd want somebody to be able to give the advice that they've already experienced or already learned. Is that not true? For example, I teach people in my factory how to upholster. When they come, young lads come, they don't know how to upholster or how to work with leather. But over a period of time, I teach them because I know how to do it. Okay? Because I've learnt. And and a lot of us have got a lot of experience in a lot of things that are tucked away... Almost, we've almost archived them. You know, on your phones, how you can archive, you can archive stuff, can't you? We've almost archived stuff and not realizing that actually a lot of what we need today is archived in us and we just need the Lord God to bring it up out of us, the experience and the presence of God and the Word of God. God says that I have hidden my Word or I've hidden my Word deep in my heart. You need to hide the Word of God deep in your heart. And so if you were, it's like teaching, for example, there's teachers here, there's doctors, there's various people here that are in a teaching profession, you can't teach what you don't know. You cannot speak into something that you have no knowledge or have no, uh, have no ability to speak into that. Would you say that? And so why is this uh, 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 coronavirus causing so many pre- problems? Because people don't know. And so they're winging it. They're trying to find the way through it. And, and for us, really, for our part in it, we need to just push into God. There's, there's a word deep in our hearts. His name is Jesus. Let Jesus rise. Amen? Let re- Jesus rise. And so in this uh, Philippians chapter 4, we're just going to have a look. This is a letter from Paul, the Apostle Paul, to the Philippians. And look what he says. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Just on a Sunday? No, always. On a Monday, Wednesday and Friday because I want to be miserable on Tuesday and Thursday? No, always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for my life today. Thank you that I have air to breathe. Thank you, Lord, for my family, my friends. Thank you, Lord, for all that is good. And I rejoice, Father. Thank you that we were able to worship this morning. Amen. And I rejoice always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. But then there's a gentle spirit in it. There's a, there's a wisdom that's required in our knowledge of what we know. Because sometimes we can come across a little bit obnoxious. Like, well, I know this. I do that sometimes. Especially at work. Especially with young lads. Young lads are terrible. They're full of t- testosterone, is that what it is? They're full of themselves, really. They think they know it, it all, don't they? Particularly, you know, like you get older teenagers. And you can't tell them anything. Yeah, you, you want to give them a smack, Steve, that's right. But you can't do that either, because you're not allowed to touch them now because of the coronavirus, hallelujah. <laughs> so you can't do that. <laughs> no, no, well, be careful. It's, it's like a two-way thing, this, you know. Three-way. 
We're in relationship here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition. By what? By prayer. By what? By prayer. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. By prayer and petition. Father God, I need you to help me walk through this chaos and this trouble. I need you. And you need God. We need God to help us to walk through these lives, this uncertainty, this chaos. And then it says, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends, which passes all understanding, overpowers all understanding. In other words, there's something above what we know. We understand so much, but there's something above that, that when we don't understand, we need the peace of God to come in and fill us and strengthen us. Amen? We need that. I need the peace of God the stuff when I, in my workplace and the things I do, and the chaos it's caused to all businesses. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm wondering what I'm going to do next week. But the peace of God, the peace of God will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, there it is. I'm a bit dry. I'm going to have a drink. Mm. The peace of God. Hallelujah. So Paul has wrote this to the church. Do we think it's useful? If you applied that to your life, would you think, well, Paul knows what he's talking about. Would you think it would be useful? You would, wouldn't you? But why? Just because we read it? Just because somebody... What about, what about if we look at an example where Paul actually had to pl- apply this to his life and then we see what happens? Shall we have a look at that? Let's have a look in Acts. I think it's Acts chapter 16. I'm saying I think because it was this morning. should still be. (laughs) I don't know everything. Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay, Acts chapter 16. Now you'll you'll know this story, some of you, and some of you won't. And so we're just going to have a look. Because in this story, we can perhaps understand a little bit why... um, Paul could write what we just read and why we could apply that to our lives because it worked for Paul. So if it worked for Paul, it should work for us. Amen. And we want a gospel message that works, don't we? We want a word of God. We want a God that works. We want a God that shows up when we're desperate and we're desperate. We couldn't be more desperate. And in Acts chapter 16, and rather read the whole thing, and I don't want to do that, we're going to jump in at verse 19. But what we need to know is a little bit of why he ended up in this situation in verse 19. And in verse 19, we read this. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. So why did that happen? Paul was about his business going out, telling people about Jesus, spreading the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And whilst he was doing that, walking through the streets, there's a young girl following him with a, uh, with a gift where she could tell fortunes. And she's saying, you need to listen to this, uh, this words of this, uh, they know the most high God. Day after day. But, and in the end, Paul got fed up. He got cheesed off. And so in the end, he says this. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at at that moment, the Spirit left her. And so the Spirit that had enabled her to tell fortunes, to tell uh, prophesy over people's lives, left her. She couldn't do it anymore. 
She was stuck. A bit like me. I couldn't make a Chesterfield unless I have tools, a pair of scissors, a needle, staple gun. You cannot do things when you've not got the, the gear that you need to do. And, and, and for some of us in our lives, we wonder when we get to this situation of problems and fears get the better of us. We don't know how to get rid of them because we haven't got the tools in our bag to get rid of them because we haven't actually applied the scripture, the word of God to that situation and to our lives. This is what we have to do. This is what we must do. And so this Paul is, and Silas are in this situation. And so it says, they brought them before the magistrates in verse 20 of Acts 16. They brought them before the magistrates and they said, these men are Jews. And they're throwing our city into uproar. They're causing nothing but problems. They're causing chaos. And they're doing this because they're advocating customs that are unlawful for us Romans to accept our practice. So they're saying that we should be doing this, but it's against everything that we believe. We can't do it. And we've had enough of them. Not only that, I can't make any more money. <laughs> I've lost the ability to make money. That was a big problem. The underlying problem wasn't that they were advocating customs and unlawful for the Romans to accept. The big problem was that this young girl could no longer provide money and income for her masters. That She was a slave girl. She couldn't no longer do that. And that was the problem. And so somehow they must have got the crowd. And it said the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates, listen to this, the magistrates, they listened to the crowd and they ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. That would hurt, wouldn't it? Stripped and beaten with rods. They'd done nothing wrong. But Paul and Silas, stripped and beaten. And that same man that was stripped and beaten with rods said these words. Rejoice. Rejoice in everything. With the scars of the beating of the rods. Imagine that, that. A man could do that. Did this man Paul discover something most amazing in the presence of God that could enable him to write something like that and overcome such a humility and a beating? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'd been beaten with rods and imprisoned, I'd be a bit miserable. I don't think I'd be rejoicing, do you? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And so it said, after they'd been severely flogged, severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guide, guard them carefully. So the jailer was then brought in. You need to look after these two guys. Guard them carefully. In other words, whatever you need to do to keep them and imprison them and not allow them to go, you must do it. Everything. The works to imprison these two guys. And so what he did... When he'd received these orders, what did he do straight away? He put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stock. So they fastened out in the inner cell, which would probably be in a black hole, dark and filled, not like our nice prisons these days. It would have been pretty brutal, smelly, horrible. Not only that, the fuller cuts and bread, they would have been bleeding, their backs would have been bleeding, they would have been in pain. And now they can't talk, they can't move because their feet, and imagine they've been beaten and whacked with rods, probably on their legs as well. And then, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you get your cramp in your leg, it hurts, doesn't it? And that's just cramp. And you have to jump out of bed, and anybody do that, you jump out, oh, jumping out of bed and legging it around the bedroom trying to get rid of it. It's not just me, come on. Anybody do that? You do, don't you? 
oh, it well hurts, doesn't it? You're like trying to massage it to get it going. Well, they didn't have cramp, they've been beaten. And the worst thing is, imagine if you've got cramp, right? You've got cramp and you can't move your legs. And you're in stocks and you can't get rid of it. That's just cramp. Would it, wouldn't it? it would just be like so uncomfortable. And so they were in such a, such a bad situation. I love it. Let's see what Paul did. About midnight. So they've been in there a while. Miserable. Beaten. Paul and Silas. Both together. In a lot of pain. In a very, very, very uncomfortable... I think it would have been worse than the coronavirus, to be honest. I think it would. I think it would have been a lot worse than that. They were in a bad place. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. We're praying. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. I think Paul might have learned that here. Prayer. How do I get out? You're in stocks. You can't move. You're like that. You can't move. Chained, like beaten, and you can't move. What else can you do? Prayer. But I'd be thinking God's abandoned me, would you? I'd be thinking, where's, where's God? I would. I need to build some faith and some substance into my faith so that if that ever happened to me, would I be able to praise and worship God? Would I be able to do that? In the dire circumstances, would I be able to do that? God wants us to know today that no matter what happens, you need to learn to pray and worship God. And we've been worshiping God and the songs that we've been doing to this, uh, that uh, raise a hallelujah, it's just, it's just the same. The raise a hallelujah song. I'll raise a hallelujah in the midst of my enemies. And this is what Paul and Silas did. They were in a bad place in dark and it said, singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Imagine that. I wonder what, the other, what was going wrong through the, the minds of the other, the other prisoners. Be quiet, we're trying to sleep. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Shut up. Paul and Silas, sing a little louder. <laughs> sing a little louder. Amen. Imagine that. They sang a little louder. And then I love this, verse 26. The suddenly moment of God. Ever had a suddenly moment? Yeah, we've had a suddenly moment. Fiona, I remember your suddenly moment. I remember when Fiona had that accent all those years ago. And I remember people saying, she'll never walk again. She'll never talk again. I said, well, you don't know Jesus. Every day, I used to drive past Fiona's house every day, praying for her. Lord God, would you raise Fiona up? Would you heal her? Would you heal her? And you see her stand up today, and she's just wonderful. A suddenly moment of God, Fiona. How wonderful was that? Suddenly moments. We all have suddenly moments of God. The Bible calls them Ebenezer's. Where God did something that nobody else could do. So it was above my understanding. Above our understanding. Transcends or above all our understanding. The peace of God comes in. God comes in. God moves. I need a suddenly moment of God. Do you? Our nation needs a suddenly moment of God. Our nation, our world. You know the suddenly moment of God, his name's Jesus. Little baby, in a manger. He could have come in any other which way he wanted, but he came in the smallest, quietest, 
strangest suddenly moment. Who would ever have thought that the Son of God would step into creation as a baby? Amazing. So Paul and Silas, suddenly moment to God, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open. Imagine this. Imagine if you're in, could you imagine what that must have been like? That would get the, the prisoner that were telling Paul and Silas to be quiet, that would get their attention, wouldn't it? <laughs> imagine that. The prison doors flew open. Oh, all at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. When we have a suddenly moment of God, you know the chain of fear? Broken. Gone. You know the chain that sickness that plagues us sometimes? Broken. The chains of not knowing what tomorrow will bring. Uncertainty. Hopelessness. All can be broken in the name of Jesus when we invite this Jesus in. When we sing a hallelujah and we praise in the midst of our Enemies, fear, anxiety, addictions, whatever they might be. Even in our lukewarmness sometimes. It's a chain. We can be chained to lukewarmness and miss the full purposes of God for our lives. We need to suddenly moment of God. And Paul and Silas have showed you how to get a suddenly moment of God. We worship God. We raise a hallelujah. We sing a little bit louder. I love that song. When you, when you chose that, Janice, I thought, yes, what a great song. Do you know the story behind that song? The guy that wrote it, do you know the story behind the song? The story behind the song uh, is uh, the guy that wrote it is there was some, a, a couple in their church. It's not a very old song. And they had a little baby. And this little baby had a, 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 a disease, you know, an illness that was going to die. So all the church got together and they started to pray and pray and pray. And they got the news that the baby was going to die, this little lad's going to die. And, and from out of that, this guy, one of these particular guys who's a songwriter, he was praying, and out of that, the words came, raise a hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies, I will raise a hallelujah. So he got his pen and he started penning it down, and, and out of that came that song. So then the song, they just started to raise a hallelujah and praise God, and the little lad, the illness were broken, the little lad was completely healed, and, uh, and it's great because if you go on YouTube, if you, you Google that, you'll see them on YouTube and they go right in. I think it's, I uh, can't remember, the, uh, Evel, something church. can't remember what the church is. Elevation. I think it's Elevation Church. And, and, they, and they zoom in on the camera and there's this couple there dancing, singing that with a little baby that got healed. Raise a hallelujah. You know, that song is an amazing song and we can sing it over our circumstances. In the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm. Paul and Silas were in the midst of the storm. They were trapped. They were going nowhere. A great injustice had been done to them. They were in a serious problem. And it says, all the chains came loose. The jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself. He was going to kill himself. Because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Why? Because they said, "You take, make sure you look after these guys. Make sure you look after them. They put them in the stocks. They put them in the worst place. There's no way they were getting out. How could this be? And now I don't know about you. If I'd have been in prison and all this had happened, I'd be thinking, wow, I'm out of here. Wouldn't you? You'd like it, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd just want to be out. And the jailer thought that. And he'd think, oh no, they've all gone. About to kill himself. It was dark. He couldn't see them. 
Then all of a sudden, he hears this voice, don't harm yourselves, we're all here. Imagine what the jailer thought. Wow, we're all here. Then the jailer called for lights. See, it were dark. You couldn't see them. Sometimes we get in the darkest of places and we can't see the way forward. Amen? Sometimes then we need to pray and worship and seek God. Just have a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough. This is what Paul had. They had a breakthrough. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling at Paul and Silas's feet. And he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? How did he know that they could be saved? How did he know? He must have known what they were preaching out on the streets. He must have heard that these, he must have known. And this jailer knew that it was all wrong, but he had to obey orders. He must have done. And now he's here, and now all, everything's happened, this suddenly moment of God. Imagine what the jailer felt when the earthquake struck. All these things. Do you know, I love scripture because it's, it lets you step right into the story and go deeper. It's like, it's like having a, a dot to dots. It enables you to join the dots and see the bigger picture. And then you can colour it. It's great. A bit of colour. Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give us colour for your word. Give us more colour. Paul shouted, don't die myself. They brought, they brought lights. What must I do to be saved? And then they said this in verse 31 of Acts chapter 16. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. You know, everyone who believes in the name of the Lord Jesus, will be saved. Not might be saved. Will be saved. Will be saved. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Do you believe in the name of Jesus today? You will be saved. You are saved. You will be saved. Then they spoke the word of the Lord and to the others in his house. And then it said, At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds and immediately... He and all his household were baptized immediately. Suddenly moments of God. Immediately stepping into the suddenly moments of God. I wonder how long they sung before they got the suddenly moment. I don't think they thought, oh, we'll just sing one song and then everything happened. I bet they sang and they sang and they sang. Silas said, no, not again, Paul. Yeah, come on, Silas, let's sing it again. No, you're joking. We're already, we're already doing the other prisoners' heads in. They're, they're already upset with us. No, we're not going to sing it again. Yeah, let's sing it again. This is our God. This is who we believe in. He can save us. Nobody else is going to save us, Silas. He's bound to save us. Come on, let's sing. And then Paul's tired, you know. Silas says, come on, Paul, sing a bit louder. Silas, no, I've had enough now. I've got my voice hurt. Never mind your voice hurting. Sing a little bit louder. Keep singing. Don't get fed up. And can you see they'd have been supporting one another? One another. We have to support one another. There's everything in the book for all that we need for our lives and together. We have to just dig a little deeper, sing a little louder, worship this King of Kings. At that hour of the night, at that hour of the night, the jailer, it must have been the early hours, if it was midnight, midnight when the earthquake struck, midnight when the, when the doors flew open, so it's all happened, so we'll give them half an hour to sit there, find out, try and figure out what's going on. Paul and Silas hasn't moved, they're still sat there. 
Even though the stocks have come, I wonder if they go, oh, get rid of that cramp now, quick. <laughs> you know, when it happened, can you imagine the stocks, oh, can get rid of that cramp now. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I wonder if you're worshipping, carried on worshipping maybe. I would have done. Maybe. Or would I not? I don't know. I can only imagine <laughs> what it must have been like when the presence of God came into that cell. And God wants us to use our imagination because the power of God, the word of God is light and life. And it's good for us. It's good for us. The jailer brought him into his house, set a meal before them, fed them. It must have been, what, two o'clock in the morning now? Three o'clock in the morning, maybe? I don't know. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He was filled rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again. Rejoice. He was rejoicing. Why? Because he was filled with joy. Why? Because he'd come to believe in God. Have you come to believe in God? You know, if we've come to believe in God, we should be filled with joy. We should be smiling. We should be wanting to sing a little bit louder. We should. It's the power of God. We're saved from darkness into light. When I was in the dark, I couldn't see. Anybody could see when they were in the dark? But then somehow God opened my eyes and I can see. Somehow I can see. Amen? Joy. Hallelujah. When it was daylight, it said the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order to release those men. Now this is quite interesting. Because they've got and had a meal and they're at the jailer's house and they've been washed and they've been cleansed and they've been taken care of. So... So what did they do? They took him and put him back in jail. You can imagine Paul and Silas saying, Paul said, you know, one of them saying, no, listen, we need to go back into jail now. We need to go back into jail. If we don't go back into jail, you're in trouble. Gentleness. You're, let your gentleness be evident to all. The gentleness. Paul could have said, no, we're going now. We're going, we're off to Lydia's house. We're going to meet him with other Christians. We're not going back into jail. No, it is good. Sometimes we have to go back into a place that we don't really want to go in order to set someone else free. Amen? Sometimes we have to go back into something in order to speak into their situation. The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go. The jailer told Paul, it says. That, but Paul says to the officers, no, how do we know that they're in jail? Because look, he says, they beat us publicly without a trial. Even though we are Roman citizens, they threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. Let them come themselves and escort them out. Let them come. Let them come and apologize. Let them come. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. So they came to appease them, say, oh, we're sorry. Could you imagine? We're sorry. We didn't, we didn't know. We didn't know you were Roman. Uh, we didn't know. Could you imagine that? And then they escorted them from prison, requesting them to leave the city. Oh, please, will you leave now? <laughs> Paul and Silas, please, will you leave? We've had enough, we can't cope. <laughs> you've caused our, you've caused uproar in our city. Nothing but, we haven't got a prison now because all the doors have fell off. <laughs> all the prisoners are all out in the city. We're in trouble. 
We've no prison left. The doors have fell off. All the prisoners have got away. <laughs> you couldn't make it up, could you? God is funny, isn't he? It's amazing. It's just wonderful. We, we serve a wonderful God who wants relationship with us. He's wonderful. It's a relationship. And then it said, after Paul and Silas came out of prison, oh, then they went to Lydia's house. They went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Now, that'd be a story, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? You're not going to believe what happened at midnight. (laughs) You're not going to believe what happened at midnight. And we're not told, but I wonder if where they'd been beaten, I wonder if the marks had been like rubbed out. I wonder. And then they left. Then they left. They moved on. You know, we serve an amazing God. We live in troubled times. But we can raise a hallelujah in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of the storm. We can do that. We can do that. And Paul, who wrote these words, do not be anxious, verse 6, about anything. Do you ever get anxious? Yep. I do. But in every situation, in other words, it doesn't matter what it is. In every situation that causes you anxiousness or every situation that you're going through by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your your request to God. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My prayer for every one of us in this room today is that we will take this on board. We don't need to understand everything. Supporting one another, praying for one another, just keep praying. Let's just keep praying. Keep praying for... What if we all started to pray for this area, this slum, or Rossendale, that the coronavirus doesn't affect anyone in Rossendale? The power of God. What if we did that? Do you think it's possible? Anything's possible. Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Father, that you're our God. Thank you, Father, that in the midst of the storm and in the midst of our difficulties, oh God, we can raise a hallelujah. I just pray today, Father, that you would put on a, within each one of us, no matter where we are, whether we feel we're in a black hole with stocks around our ankles and we've just been beaten and we've had enough, I pray that somehow something would raise from within us and would allow us to praise you, O God, and set the captives free. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.